up what is good come on in woody powder us up uh, it's the please. fan mailbag and they should know we who you are start. yes this is our uh savior makeup specialist our face saver our uh savior, sarah wood i would look ugly she's as checking hell. herself out are you okay you look great How okay. my, my forehead's not that bad right now though not it's not powder it up uh guys we are recording this uh the week before, so happy Monday to everybody. Uh, we are on vacation right now, but we wanted to give you something for the week. Unfortunately, it's only going to be one episode this week. Uh, give us a break. We're going on vacation. Uh, but then again, as I said on last Wednesday's show, when we get back in this room, if you watch us on YouTube, it's going to look completely different. It's going to be wood all over the place, some cool pictures. I'm excited, Sims. Are you excited? I am excited, yes. Uh, I'm, I actually was just, uh, thank you for applying some some extra powder, Woody. I was actually just reminiscing about how you didn't want bathing suit at my parents' house again. I just—it's uh, one of those weird I did, things. He did not tell me until I was leaving that he had new bathing new suits. bathing suits. I know, but it's also just—it's one of those weird things. I, I also think about like I know nobody wants to put their balls where another man's balls yeah, were. Yeah, that's weird. But like. <laughs> We do so much grosser things in our like lives. What? What's grosser than like I said? Ball I've seen you like pick your nose you, and like rub your eyes just like twenty five minutes ago, and then you have shook eighty other people's hands who also picked their nose, and that's on your hand and now in your nose and in your eye. But that was okay. Meanwhile, the clean, the clean. Well, it's the weirdest thing. Like if you really think about it, people pool, yeah, yeah, and your butt and balls. The funniest are thing was clean. I sent you that meme the next day. Yes, that was guy. Guy is is confused. Why other people won't wear his bathing suits from his drawer? It's just you know, it's the fear that I'm going to take them off and I'm going to look down and go, "That's a Phil Sims hanging onto my leg right there." Yeah, yeah, that's good. Didn't want that. No, okay. didn't want that at I all. Got that. Uh, so here's what happened. Josh isn't here. He's going to speak to Maryland kids because Josh is the future of the country. Josh, if we ran for president, I I'd can't vote believe for him. he's become that big time. But he gave me all these questions. There's a bunch of questions here, so we're going to see how many we how get. How does Maryland through. even know he's big time? I don't even get it. I mean. I don't even know his title, and I see him every day. What does he do? I don't know. How do they know? How did he sell himself to the Terps that they thought we should have him in for a guest speaker? I don't know. I mean, kids got good media, good PR, good marketing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Nick said in his because he says good evening. Good evening. <laughs> He's very professional. Uh, guys, if we don't get to your question, I'm sorry. We we're not used to this. We're not used to going. Hey, can we get questions? And like 400 come in. Like I have so many DMs. I have to go through. So what I'm going to do, the ones that we don't get to, uh, there is a new feature on Instagram where you type in a question and then I can answer it with video. I'm going to do that. Um, I'll do some next week too, before I go on vacation. I'm not leaving right away. I'll do it. Uh, some on the, yeah, some on like Monday or Tuesday, uh, where you guys on the Sims and Lefko Instagram, I'll get on Instagram stories and I'll answer as many questions as I can. We love enter- and engaging with you guys. We love the Reddit. We love the Twitter. We love the Instagram. You guys are great. You're really the only reason we're able to do this shit. Yeah, that's so right. So thank you so much. Let's get to the questions. Yeah. First one up. This one comes from Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson. Uh, at Cam2Ms35Johnson, who is the one NFL player 
you would trade lives with for one day. Oh. So pull up the teams. Yeah. Uh, but also, you can think of it a few ways. I know. Who, whose body do you want to have? Right. There's a few uh, things. Whose life do you want to have? Do you want to be single and young? Do you want to be like focused and rich, but you only get it for one day. I know, because it's it's weird, because I right away I think of Brady and Rodgers, because, I mean, they, they have the life that I wanted, right? So that but I so think it's not that, trade bodies. I know. It's trade lives. Lives, right. Which, but, so I do think of them. Because my first thought was, I want to have Saquon's body and just be like, want to race right. to everybody. But his life's not cool enough yet. I don't no, think he, ain't got the, he got that much money. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, mm, lives with changing. I mean, I'm, I'm Odell is also towards the top of that I'm list. I'm going to go with Von Miller. Okay. And the reason is, is I follow him on a lot of social. The man is always in a private jet. The man is doing things like shark fishing, and then he's going out and he's clubbing, and he's getting a new tat on his hamstring. He's got that fat check. He's got the notoriety. He's got a recognizable face so people will know that I'm famous. And he's in Denver. Yeah. So uh, things are legal there. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. Um, I, I know. That's why I, I tend to want to think of like a – to me, I guess, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to between Gronk Ooh. and OBJ. Like, Gronk, you have a free pass to be whoever you want and every that's, day. that's the difference between Gronk and Odell Beckham. Right. They could both go to a club right. and do the worm. Gronk's going to go, this guy knows how to party. Right. Odell, they're going to go, you're going to risk injury. Right. Oh, why don't you get back and practice? Don't you have a better move than the worm? Yeah. Like, uh, so, uh, okay, so from that standpoint. And then I did think of Khalil Mack because of Khalil Mack. Why? Well, because of like what you said, like his body. Like I also am thinking that. Like I would love to feel like, let me feel what it's like to be 256 yeah. pounds. This doesn't say trade ripped, bodies, jacked. though. It's I know, trade but lives. still, that's where my mind goes to, yeah. the body nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you like to be like, feel how Odell Beckham Jr. runs? Runs a 40 it yards. would be the first time in my life that I would like to go to the gym. <laughs> I'd be like, this is going to be great. <laughs> right, yeah, right. But let's get this out of the way because I'd like to do other stuff. Oh, okay. No, so no, 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 I meant, Jr. no, I oh, meant get out of the way. Like, let's get the gym out of the way because now I get to go do cool yes, things. I'm going Odell Beckham Jr. Though. All right. Good job, Cam Johnson. Uh, next one up. This is J underscore O, uh, Oresic underscore Justin. What do you think about Gurley's comments on a future holdout for guaranteed contracts? Mm-hmm. So if I remember right, he said that uh, the players have to be willing to hold out to get future guaranteed contracts. Yes. We have always said this. Pay that man his money. If you want to get paid, they need to be willing to sit out. Yeah. And they're going to have to make it really hurt the NFL owners. Right. We've always said that it's really going to hurt the bottom 15, 20% of the league. Really? I mean, it's more than that, really. It's probably 50 to 60, yeah, if right. not more than that. It might right. be 70 to yeah, 80. That's what it really is. Which it's is really scary like about the NFL. To 80, yeah. And that's why the NBA, it's like they got these scrubs making 15 they million. They don't even care, right? I think that a few things are very interesting. One, the XFL is starting the same year as the possible holdout. Yes. Two, Spurrier made a comment last week, or this week in actual time, where he said, if Shaquem Griffin gets cut, we'll sign him right away. There's going to be two leagues that are going to be willing to pay these guys. I think the NFL, if there's other options for these guys to go to, could really hurt the NFL in the long it can, run. Especially and I with the low-level guys, like you're saying. 
Because there are going to be those other leagues are going to be willing to pay those yes, guys. Yes, that's right. Like that guy that's you know uh, a third year player who's still you know or well, let's just say a fifth year player who's a good player that's making like the league minimum and we go oh there's a lot of teams that would like his skill and he's set. got a good name he just didn't hit that that big right, time that contract huge year yes. or whatever it may be yeah those are the guys I would say that the XFL and some of the other leagues are going to be able to steal and go well, well listen we'll we'll value you as a little bit more of a star in our, our league give you more face time so you'll get some more endorsements that I would think they're going to improve. Promise some of that as well mm. as part of the package, like like uh, David Beckham when he came over to the LA Galaxy. Right, like, the contract wasn't really the contract. They also promised them all these off the field sure. stuff. But uh, I, I would think that's a concern. Guaranteed contracts would love to see them happen. Mm. Certainly, yeah. How much waves do you think Kirk Cousins getting that one is going to have? Well, I think it's put it on everybody's at least the forefront of their brain now. Mm. The thing that I think players are going to have to realize, which it really won't matter, but it's just the optics aren't going to look good, right? Uh, uh, it, what's like we the talked players about? Players are always painted to be very selfish. Yes, so they're going to be look selfish. Fuck those people! Don't let them get in your head. Also, the numbers of the contracts aren't going to look as good. No, you know, oh, if it's guaranteed, we're going to get into what we do. Those are the numbers you're going to yeah, hear. They're going to get like the two-year, thirty-six million, and for a quarterback. Yes, yeah. you're not going to get Von Miller six years, 101 million. You're going to get Von Miller three years, 50 million guaranteed. And then, really, okay, there's some more risk there, but not really at the end of the day because most teams are going to let you go before you get to year four, five, Do you and six. The NFL will will start doing shorter contracts. No. No, I don't think so no, either. They're gonna I think that's the been their secret bargaining chip all these they're years, exactly is six-seven-year right. deals. That's that you why Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones are yeah. in the position they're in right now, because they were the good guys and did that for their team. Good question, uh, Oresic. I will say this, too. I thought about it. Uh, I don't know if this is going to change by Monday, so if it is, I apologize for dating it. I am hoping that Le'Veon Bell... Uh, Changes it. No, I, I'm hoping that he goes through this franchise tag, and I hope he plays with it. And the reason is... He could be in the same situation that Kirk Cousins was. Sure. I think the goal is if you get franchise tagged once, I'm holding out. That second time, I'm going to play. You know why? Because look what happened with Kirk Cousins, the amount of power he had. Because if, if Le'Veon Bell comes back for the third year, and I know it's harder because God forbid anything happens, you can have the Steelers buy the balls or you can hit the, the open market in your prime. So I'm hoping that it, I'm kind of changing my mind Isn't on his it. prime, though. I know that's the problem. You know, again, quarterbacks, uh, NFL franchise quarterback. Looked, I mean, for the most part, it's like a ten-year career, right? The running back's a different thing, and I know that's what's screwed up is they're going to use that against them. I know. When I just he gets want to that all year, the leverage. They're going to go. Well, you're kind of past your prime. You've taken a lot of hits, and you run the ball and catch the ball, and you know. Uh, so that's gonna. Luckily, that's gonna he's be 26. That's right. Because that's the thing about you know, Kirk Cousins too. In that age range, if you can become a true free agent at 27, you can't bring me that 30 year shit. No, it's over. No. All right, next one. Well, point seven. How do Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's arm strength compare to Matt Stafford? Mm. I remember seeing a lot of comments from people saying, you didn't bring up Matt Stafford in strongest arms. So Mahomes and Josh Allen and Matt Stafford, by the way, little nugget, Josh Allen's Madden arm strength, 99. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Josh Allen's arm is as strong as I've ever seen. That's not saying he's So how would you rank those three guys? Ooh, all right, so... Mm. Mahomes, Allen, Stafford. I think Mahomes and Allen probably, and like everybody hear this, okay? Matthew Stafford is one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. 
And I mean that from all things. Thrower, not just strongest. Like, he can do every throw from every angle, every platform. Doesn't matter where his feet are. So, if we want just pure strength, Adam Lefko, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have a hair stronger arm. Okay. I don't think there is a gift of the throw. And when I say a hair stronger arm, I'm talking like if we went baseball terms where like Mahomes and Josh Allen are throwing 103 and 102 and Stafford's throwing 101. Like it's not that far off. Like it's okay. But I do think that Stafford, I'm going to still say he's a more gifted all around thrower than both of them at this point. Mahomes has a chance to be very much like that sidearm 40 yard out routes or I'm in the, I'm I'm in the pockets escaping and there's, you know, there's a golden Tate up on the right sidelines in between the the cover two corner safety. Right. And he can just throw it five feet off the ground and still get it there. Very special that way. Um, so I would say their arms are stronger, but Stafford's arm is one of the greatest of all time. How about this? Yeah. Madden rankings. Yeah. Josh Allen throwing power, 99. Matt Stafford, 98. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes, 97. 97. Uh, okay. Here are the other guys that are 97. Cam Newton, right. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco. Okay. I, I can, don't know if Flacco's there anymore. Flacco's arm and is Brady very is 96. Yeah. So I don't know why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be the 99. I don't know that. That's... I think Aaron Rodgers is so good at other things that I feel like they give bigger Thanks. throwing power to people that that's their main that's tool. That's their thing. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, next one. Jay Sully, Jeremy Sullivan, underscore 24. This is a good one. Sully. What is your favorite Aaron Rodgers moment? There's a few to choose from. There He's is. got a Hail Mary against the Lions. He's got a Hail Mary against the Cardinals. That was really back-to-back Hail Marys against the Cardinals. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he's got the throw against Dallas on the run. That's laser the one beam. that came to my head. I mean, the moment of that game that was... Oh. Third and 20. Third and 20. Playoffs against the number 1 seed Cowboys. Exactly right. And it's all been on the, you. It's all you the whole yes. time. Flushed out of the pocket. Running to his left. Rolling to his left. Throwing right. across the body, 40 yards in the air on a rope. On the outside number, which where the guy could actually fall out of bounds and it hit him in to the Jared chest. Jared Cook to in Jared the Cook. chest. Right. Still an amazing catch by Jared Cook. It was, yes. I really love the play that got called back against the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. When he stepped up in the pocket, rolled away, and then jumped, and then got hit by two people in the air, and still was able to throw the ball 50 yards for a touchdown Devontae Adams and get called back. Um, that's one of my favorites. There's Aaron. one of that. There's the jump pass in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars two years oh, ago. Remember yeah. he was jumping and he threw a 30-yard touchdown pass as he had someone tackling him as he was throwing that's it? That's a thing that people don't appreciate about Aaron Rodgers is the strength he gets with neither feet on, foot the, on ground. the ground. Right. Which, if you've ever tried to jump and throw a pass, you have no strength. It's all your upper body. Exactly. It's all his core, and it's his deflection of his arm. He had some throws in the Super Bowl that were just out of bounds. I think the Super Bowl is one of the greatest performances ever uh, that kind of goes on. I I guess... The the throw to Randall Cobb against the Chicago Bears, so he just caught the defense completely napping. I guess it's got to be the Detroit one. The Detroit Hail Mary? The Detroit Hail Mary. Was like the highest throw They were in deep ever. shit as a football team. We were all sitting there like, damn, this is the only guy we think in football that might be able to get this Hail Mary there from their own 40. Wow. And he sat there, baited everybody in, ran to his right, right? And then threw a ball 
that really, I, I don't think anybody on the planet could throw the ball that high and that far at the same time. Mm. So that would be the that would be the first one. The other one is, of course, the Arizona game where he threw two hail marys on the same drive to win the fucking that was oh, incredible. Send the game in overtime. One to Jeff Janis, and then, and I then think to Richard Rogers, Richard Rogers again. Uh, another underrated game Gosh. when Atlanta was. The, they had their Atlanta Super Bowl run, and he beat Atlanta by himself in the Georgia Dome that The divisional year. game, right. Yeah, no, no, they lost that game. No, I meant the regular season one he won, though, I think. Oh, well, did they... Okay, when so, he ran for like a hundred yards and threw for three hundred, I gotta find this. Well, there was the divisional game the year they went to the Super Bowl where he went into Atlanta. Atlanta was the number one seed, and he tore them apart. They might have. And then that. the next week they beat Chicago in Chicago. Jay Cutler hurt his ACL, and they went on to to win the Super Bowl with again his stats. I want to say he was like twenty two or twenty eight or something like that. But the throws and the quality of throws he made in that game, uh, he was the only guy in the sport at that time that I think could have made those type of throws. Damn. I could talk about that motherfucker all day. I mean, it is. It's hard to come up with the the just what which his ones. Hall of Fame highlight reel is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. All right, next up, Tyler Irwin, T Man six seven nine six. I was wondering for Sims if in a locker room after a guy gets suspended by either PEDs for or say for what Jameis uh, did, if guys act different around them or if the locker room just moves on. <sighs> Yeah, it, Have you had any players that had off the field? Because I asked you Monday or last Monday if the PEDs thing ever happened. Never happened. No. But guys being suspended. I think a good question for you would be kind of Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. What's going on all that off the field stuff, arguing with the team and right. stuff like that? Well, he didn't get the benefit of the doubt because he wasn't necessarily everybody's favorite teammate and things like that. Things move on, though. It's the NFL. You don't have time to sit there and reminisce. Now, when you do things like a a Jameis Winston, or you get suspended or things like that, you, you definitely are going to lose a little respect in the locker room. They're not going to say it to your face, but you know, guys are, are yeah, they're just going to look at that guy as being not dependable. They're going to speak under their breath to their closest teammates about how he was a cheater or he's a douchebag or whatever it is. So that's what you lose. But no, the locker room's not going to reflect on it long. I mean, in fact, a lot of the time the coaches, they, they do their best too to, like, uh, the year Keyshawn lost, we had this guy, Charles Lee, who had a little potential and talent, and he was going to take over, and Gruden was like, Charles Lee's going to be the guy, and he showed videos and hype up so the team could get behind him so we could just get off of it and go, no, hey, we're going to be okay. This guy can run those same routes Keyshawn did, and we can do some things. What I learned of that all or nothing is that they pound a message into your guys' heads because you really just have meeting after meeting after meeting. Mm-hmm. So you meet with your position group. Then you meet with your coordinator. Then you all meet with special teams. Right. Then you meet with the coach. And the messaging has to be consistent throughout. Yes, it is. And so if you're a wide receiver like Keyshawn or or, or whatever, you're going to hear from your wide receivers coach. Then you're going to go to the offensive coordinator meeting and he's going to say, Charles Lee's going to step it up. Yeah. Then your head coach is going to be like, Charles Lee's going to step it up. Then special teams like everybody's stepping up by the way Charles Lee's going to step it up and by the end of the week you're going I mean Charles Lee might be a Hall of Famer (laughs) right yeah the defense is they're pulling for him they're telling him things during the week so in terms of losing respect for a guy it does happen is there ever a guy have you ever been around another guy calling out another guy for some shit in a Mm. locker room like it just tested the the patience of everybody so much. Yeah, uh, let me just think of some of the Tennessee Titan teams that was on. It was nothing like that, you know. 
Like I, I, I did again. I thought of the Keyshawn thing a little bit there. Were you around any weird Albert Hainsworth stuff? No, Albert was on the straight and narrow at that time okay. because he was close to breaking the bank and he wasn't going to screw it right, up. Right, right. He was saying all the right things. Yeah. I mean, all the right he things. He did a great job. Yes, he did. Uh, no, I can't say that I was around anything like that. I'm just trying to think if there's any other instances. Um, of guys getting suspended. But, you know, it's weird. I just was never on any teams where guys got suspended mm. a whole lot. Anyone ever stepped to Tebow? Like, okay, Vince had some issues when I was in Tennessee, yeah. right? Vince Young. Yeah, and it's a weird dynamic because everybody recognizes the talent Vince had. Everybody recognizes that Vince had a great heart. But also everybody, I don't want to say there was a... There was a lack of respect because they didn't know how mature Vince was at handling the job right. or really caring about football. Right. Where I don't want to say it was like a total blatant disrespect, but I just mean where guys question that. Like, can he can he be our guy? Can he be the professional he needs to be to be the quarterback of our football team for five more years? Anyone ever step to him and go, it's time to grow up? Did you ever see anything like that? No. No. In, in fact, with him, no, it was, it was a lot of... A lot of, by the time I feel like somebody says that, it's already two ladies out of the league. Mm. So what happens with those guys too much of the time is everyone ends up babysitting them too much and never really keeps it real with them. And by the time they finally get real with themselves, it's over. Uh, this is from Bam Finson. Uh, just listen to the 4th of July episode. How can you not have Jimmy G in the convo for top five legs and ass? Dude is built like a brick shithouse. Hashtag legs and ass. <laughs> well, what, top five at what, quarterback? Top five quarterback legs and ass. Yeah, and we, we put him close to it, right? I think I talked about him, but I didn't put him in top yeah, but five. Yeah, he wasn't there with Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. I think Drew Brees was in there, too. Yeah, maybe I could have gone Garoppolo over Drew at Garoppolo this point. Garoppolo has that good of legs well, and ass? He's got a pretty good legs and ass. He does. Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think, you know, Derek Carr's another guy. It's sneaky. You mentioned him, yeah, too. Yeah, Derek Carr's legs and ass are there. You got any uh, insight about Kyle and, and Jimmy G's relationship? How are they? They're great. I mean, I think Jimmy G uh, did everything they wanted to in the offseason, and I think the the thing that I took away from it more than anything, and I know Kyle comment, com, uh, commented about this publicly, but even from my conversations with him, yeah. you know, I think he was glad to see Jimmy G go through a few struggling points in practice and things like that. He's getting to know not only the player but the person too, and that's a huge part. You know, how can he handle criticism? How is he going to handle my criticism when I tell him practice was shitty, or how is he going to handle everybody looking at him like, damn, well, you're the highest paid quarterback in football, and you just threw four interceptions and in OTA, right. whatever it is. How did he take those it? Those are the things that I think excited Kyle. Oh, he liked it a lot. Yes. Well, I was going to say, if you were on the Patriots, you're used to getting shit on. You are right. That's, that's exactly. Right. I would say, if you're coming from the Patriots, you're going to be able to handle criticism really well because I know a guy at the local high school that can throw that pass, Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. Shit. Uh, all right, this is from M.Danju42. What player would you want to be with during the zombie apocalypse? Oh, Fletcher Cox. So I, I know that Malcolm Jenkins actually has a fallout shelter in his house in Philadelphia just for the zombie apocalypse. He took me in there. He has duct tape and lanterns and knives and guns and all this stuff. And I said, so this is where you'd come from the zombie apocalypse. And he goes, no. He goes, do you know what you're supposed to do during a zombie apocalypse? I said, wait, you know what to do during a zombie apocalypse? He goes, yes. I'm going to come here. I'm going to get all of 
of my materials and I'm going to high ground. I go, wait, so you've already planned out? He goes, yes. Takes me to his living room, shows me the books at the top of his bookcase, and it's like five books about how to survive a zombie apocalypse. He thinks one is going to happen. But why the high ground? It's just like you need. He like knows like areas that he's going to go to. Basic war tactics. Yeah, like like war tactics. Yeah, strategy. Zombies can't run. They can only walk. I never know. Like my my thing is, if zombies can walk, I'm fighting. If zombies can run, you're screwed. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> you know, you're, they're going to kill because you because I don't think there's anything scarier than they like, can run like the those ones that have like an art and they're like, blah, 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 blah. like they can no run like those, way. those uh, damn zombies in that Will Smith movie. When, yeah, I'm out, bro. That's I'm going to die. Yes. Yeah, like I'm going to die. I'm taking Fletcher Cox or Taylor Lewan though. Restate that for the record. Taylor Lewan or Fletcher Cox. See, that's the thing is I would take Lewan over over Fletcher Cox right. because Fletcher Cox is gonna be like I'm gonna kill them all, and Lewan's gonna look at me and be like, "Run, I have you." He's like Hodor, which I know you don't know is Game of of Game of Thrones, but his natural instinct is to protect a person. Yes. Fletcher Cox's natural instinct is to decimate other people. Right. So yeah, I want a little bit of a protector. All right, so you want Taylor Lewan? Is that who you're going with? Uh. Are you going with Malcolm no, Jenkins? I'm going with Tyron Smith. <laughs> okay. I'm going with the biggest person I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Yeah. It's a safe bet. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay. How great was Drew Brees during his prime with the Saints, 2009 to 2013? Yeah. Was it more Sean Payton, or was Drew a top quarterback in the league? And that is from Eric Wilkerson. Well, Thank you, Eric. It's a good question, Eric Wilkerson. Um no, he certainly. I'm, I, he was certainly one of the top quarterbacks in the league at that time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, again, Drew Brees. I know people think I'm a little critical of him, which I, I, I know I am. And I think it's just your love for Sean Payton. It is. It's it my tough. love for Sean Payton. And during that run, let me just tell everybody: uh, Drew Brees uh, from 2009 to 2013 threw for 4,300 yards, 4,600 yards, 5,400 yards, 5,100 yards, 5,100 yards, and his his touchdowns respectively were 34, 33, 46, 40. 3339. Yes. He had two years of quarterback ratings, three years with quarterback ratings over 100. Yes. Um, one at 110. Wow. Yeah, what was that? Was that 2009? 2011. 2011 yeah, was 71% that? 71% completion percentage, 110 quarterback rating, 46 touchdowns to 14 interceptions with 5,400 yards. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, I, I think I think this. I don't I don't think I can say with Drew Brees there was ever one season where I say he was the best quarterback in football. Like even the year you're talking about in 2011, where he had that great year, um, there was another guy with 122 rating, and his name was Aaron Rodgers, and he threw one less touchdown and eight less interceptions. So wow. th- those are the things where I think he's been victimized by some other great quarterbacks who have had great years during his greatest years. But I don't think I could ever look at one year of Drew Brees and ever say he was the greatest quarterback in football. Were there ever years where he wasn't in the top five? Because um, I think that's part of Drew Brees' greatness. Maybe not top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. I think when you really look at all of his years, yep. he's never really had a bad year. No, he's never you know, really he's had a bad always year. been in the top ten every year. Yes, which I but again, see that's where I look at Sean Payton. He only his threw twenty three touchdowns last year. Yeah, they ran the hell out of that ball last year. Twenty three touchdowns, eight interceptions for Drew Brees. Right. Twenty three is the lowest amount of touchdowns he threw in his entire career since two thousand and three when Jeez. he had eleven. When I think he got injured, right? And then the next wow. 
No, I don't think he got injured. But 11 since 2003. It's been 15 years since he's thrown that little touchdown. So that's interesting. Yeah, well, and they were a better football team, too. They're more well-rounded. Their defense was rested because they can run the ball and do things like that. So it's a more uh, it's, it's a better way to play football. I, I think we're, again— two, Five 5,000-yard seasons. It's unbelievable, all of that. Again, though, I do think the system is tremendous. I don't think he's ever been the greatest quarterback in the sport at any single one year. He's been in that conversation for top three, top five a bunch of times. But I would also look at, you know, again, we always put wins and losses with all other quarterbacks. Drew Brees, for some reason, does not seem to get that on him. That's one thing I always push back against. When other quarterbacks lose, it's their fault. But when New Orleans Saints lose, it's not really ever Drew Brees' fault. That's why I push back against the notion at times. Mm. And uh, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire in playoff football either. So I think that's where I look at it and go, yeah, that's why I don't put him at the greatest of all time, just because of some of those things. Like when I look at playoff football, yeah, you know why he hasn't taken off in playoff football? Because those defenses took take away some of those easy completions he got all regular season, some of the great Sean Payton creative screens and short passes. Stats that are pretty here. good in college fo- in postseason football. Yeah, they're never going to be bad, but like he went up to your Philadelphia game, right, uh, when they played you guys a few yeah. years ago. He, they won the game. Do you remember that year? He had like two picks against Nick. Like he was he was not good at all. I mean, not good at all. They had to stop throwing the ball because you couldn't trust him. He threw one wobbler after another. Right. Um, you know, they go to Seattle the week after that, lose that game. So again, I, I know it sounds like I'm actually talking negatively about him, but I don't. I can't ever sit here and say Drew Brees is the best. At this, I mean, I could say he's the most accurate. Sure, that's about where the one thing I will say about him. uh, By the way, he's a long conversation. Twelve consecutive seasons of four thousand yards, which is pretty damn impressive. The one thing I will say is, when I watch the man work, Mm -hmm. I don't know if somebody leads a team better than Drew. No, he's all in. He lives it. I respect all of that. That's why. Again, I don't want this to be a crap on him thing. This is where I hate. Like, you're not allowed to give your real assessments of people anymore. No, your thing is he's already at seventy thousand career passing yards, and he's gonna. People are gonna say he's a top five guy all time, and you're going. He can't do a lot of things the other guys can do. No, he cannot. All right, uh, this is a bonus. Derek dot Ram. Uh, can Big Fucker be added full time and rename the podcast Sims and Sons? Make it happen, BR. <laughs> well, that sucks for you. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it should be Lefko and the Simses. Simses and Lefko. No, uh, he's under contract with CBS. Still? But yeah, he's got one Is more he year. Still collecting CBS checks? Well, he's got one more year, I think, of uh, you know, pregame. Oh, he's halftime. doing pregame. Yeah, shit. yeah, right. So we'll see where it goes from there. I do think Dad has interest in radio. Uh, so I could see him doing that when all said and done. First of all, and if we, we have can a get him here spot. for an extra podcast, certainly he loves coming on. He does. I know, he and does. I think he's having a, a whole new generation of people that have been coming up to him lately yeah. and like saying the things we say to Dude, him. On the, the podcast, amount of DMs so. that I get that are like, "Hey, blah, blah, blah. he's enjoying it." By the way. Big Phil's the man. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And now that he respects my athletic prowess, yes. you never know. Yeah, you never know. All right, this one is from at two underscore one underscore oh. I love y'all's show. Full disclosure, I hated Chris Sims ever since they benched Major Applewhite for him, but now I've turned the corner on him. Y'all are great. My question is, did Sims actually beat out Major? 
Or was it a phone call from the big fucker? I've been wondering this forever. Keep it going, fellas, out. Like I have a feeling that you're insulted at the question. I am insulted at the question. Like my dad's gone to like three of my games in the history of my life. So does he do you think he'd be the kind of guy that yeah, would Phil wasn't like a helicopter dad at what? all? Like he acted like Chris wasn't even his son. No. I mean he went to only two of my high school games my whole life. So to say that, it is insulting. Major Applewhite's dad was the dad that would call and go, please play Major. He, you're screwing him even though he doesn't have any talent. And so People I forget that, that you were the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. Yes. You're the number one player coming out of high school. Yes. Like Texas got you and they had a parade. My issue with the whole Major conversation, the people that backed Major, is I want to go, then you didn't back Texas. I'm just sorry. Because first of all, you would never just divide over a quarterback, do you love Texas or not, right? So you would root for Texas no matter what. Not only root for him when Major was in, and then Chris is in, I don't like them. Yeah. Or somehow win, but don't let Chris be good. Then you're not a true Texas fan. And then you're also neglecting the guy that put his whole life into Texas football. Like, whole life. And then you're accepting the guy who had the highest body fat percentage on the football team, who was never around the guys and never worked very hard. So and you're saying, when you say you gave your whole life, you mean you, Me. like, like yeah, all I was you did was football. That's all I did. That's all I did. And that's every, and Major would talk about it. You know, all the guys on the team follow you and, ha- you know, you're such a great leader and all that. Yeah, because I lived it. And you weren't around the team, Major. We never saw you. So that pisses what, me what off. What was your body comment. fat in Texas? Like nine. And what was his? Uh, 27 something. And it pisses me off. And it's the same thing that goes why we're on the subject about Mac Brown. Fuck that conversation too. I'm sick of it. What conversation? You kind of like backstab Mac. No, my love is to the University of Texas. And I was asked if Mac Brown should keep his job. And I said, no, I think the time has come to part what ways year was with that? Mac Brown. The year that he ended up being subsequently fired that year. The year they sucked for the second or third year in a row and send nobody to the NFL for the first time in like 90 years in the draft. And you love Mac as a person. It is, but I love Texas more, and I was giving... That's what I mean. You're not allowed to give honest answers anymore. No, honest as he is not. No, just tell me what I want to hear because I like that guy. Forget honesty. And that's... Yeah. it. I'm pissed off now. That's going to be on a Texas blog. That was a great rant. Oh, great. <laughs> Man, listen. I, I, I love Texas, and I like, I like Mac Brown a whole lot. I don't like that he made me roommate with Major Applewhite my first three years in college in away games. That sucked, and it ruined my experience. Why? Because like we're comp- there's only one quarterback that can play. So it's just annoying to be in that room with the guy that you know is rooting against you when you're on the field. And ever had any like really awkward moments? No. You're we done. kept it professional. All right. Hold on. We, that, need, to, we need to. Nah, we're hot no, now. No, no, no. I know go. we're hot. I know we're hot. Oh, I know we're hot. Oh, we're hot. I just okay. Hold on. High five. I'm good. I don't okay, care. Good. It just got you got you got me hot with that one. Yeah, it was the whole like your did your my dad, dad call? call. Fuck did, you. did my dad even know I was there? Two one zero. Come on, bro. <laughs> Uh, did your did your dad even know you were there? I mean, seriously, I was. That's what's so funny is your dad will watch other people's kids' games, but he never went to yours. Right. Your dad. Let's just say this out. Yeah. Phil was worried that people were going to think that he shit like that. That people were going to say that, but yet he he stayed away, and it still got like yeah, that. It's exactly that's what I mean. You can't win that way. No. Yep. So. Well, that's the hard thing about being a famous kid. Right. Now it's become a little bit more normal. Right. Because there's more of that. The kids Mannings the, made yeah. it like they both won there's Super Bowl, them, so made right. it good. You guys, right. all that stuff. All right. 
This one is from Your Meow Jesties. Meow. Why is the ant- the New England system always talked about as being the most complex, but at the same time people talk about them using the same offensive concepts? Why is it so complex? Or just have Master Sims spit out play calls for an hour and a half. Maybe have Master Sims and end every play co- podcast with a play call and the explanation that goes with it. Get that shit in the podcast, homie. Uh, so why is it so complex? And I guess it's saying... Th- Talk about them using the same offensive concepts. Yeah, I don't know about that part. Talk uh, the same offensive concepts. Uh, well, why is it so complex? It's so intricate. In what way? And just... I'm just going to answer why. Yeah, to I got you. Yeah, so uh, it's cool. All right, so first of all, it's a complicated offense because of the language of the offense, right? Where in Kyle Shanahan's West Coast offense, you would call it double wing right. In Bill Belichick, Josh, Josh McDaniels, that becomes zero flood slot or one flood slot. Hmm. Trips right in Kyle Shanahan's offense is in the in the, is zero hole or one hole in the right. in the New England offense. So it's a totally different language from that standpoint. Is it a different language from so, all the other coordinators too? It is really for the most and part. Do any except of their languages few, mesh up? There's a few people like Todd Haley probably matches up with New England and all that. But I mean non New England. Do other offenses kind of sound like other offenses? Yes, they the do. Yes. So they all sound alike. Yes. And then New England has truly their own language. New England and a few other teams that are from really that coaching tree Bill have O'Brien. a different language, yes. But like Kyle Shanahan, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, Jay Gruden, John Gruden, Nathan Hackett, you just go Matt down LaFleur. the Matt LaFleur, you go down the list, they have a lot of similarities. They don't call everything exactly the same. they're all from the same tree. But it's very similar. Would you say it's because of this? Right. Would you say it's different because all of the other coaches kind of come from trees, right. whereas the Belichick tree is its own thing? It is its own thing. And it's... And it's not necessarily its own thing because he got it from Parcells and mm. and the guys Ron Earhart, who's my dad's offense coordinator. What about coordinator. McDaniel's? Where did he get the offense from? He's from them too. He's from, he's oh. only been in New England. He went from Michigan State with Nick Saban to New England Patriots. It's the only two places he's been other than the Denver stop right, in right. between and the Rams. Right and the Rams. Exactly right. After that, um, so that's where it's really complicated for people uh, as far as when they go there because they're going like, wait, we use numbers to say so it could be gun F right seventy. To Pearl Smash Wheel, we're gonna can it with 80 Smack D Fast. And you're like, what? Okay, well, you know, this has been a totally different word concept because when I say 72 or 82 Pearl Smash Wheel, Pearl yeah. means. Post and a curl. They can they so that's on the right side. And other people don't do that. No, they what don't combine other the words. Do? They would have a name or something else forward or whatever it w- would be. And and like it would be Z in in the West Coast offense. They would go Z in and Y. You have to know. You have to run the post down the mm. middle. Like you'd have to know certain things off of it, mm. or you'd have a word. Now, as far as the concepts being the same, yeah, the actual execution. Oh my gosh, no, this is like again. This would be like what we talked about last week on the podcast. Aaron Rodgers, well, or like Kyle Shannon, how they make things look the same through our guy Warren Sharp, yeah. how they make it look the same, who we talked about in the yeah, while. you're right. His name is Warren Sharp. Yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> but they make it look They're the really same, good but there's little make- differences, mm. right? And the other thing I'll say this, where New England does, New England sometimes, like where you think a receiver has an option route, right? Like John Gruden's going to teach that receiver, you have a real option here. Read the coverage. If you can go in or back, out or stop. stop right? right, whatever. 
New England's going to tell you what your option is. They're going to go, no, we've noticed all week that this, and we want you to fake like you're going to sit and keep going and go that way. Or like Chris Hogan or you're that go one out. play. Right. They are truly going to make up the option for you because they don't even trust you to make decisions. They're going to go, we've studied this all week, and we know what we want wow. you to do. So that's where they're different as well. The other thing that you've always said with the New England, they just do it different. They don't do seven-step drops. They do six and a half. Yeah, well, they, yes, they don't, they don't believe in drops at all. Are there wide receiver routes, different lengths too? De- definitely. New England is more look deep and then come short, where I would tell you a lot of other offenses are almost the opposite. They go mm. look short, and then if that short guy's not there right away, then you can bring your eyes down the field. And the last thing I'll say about New England, too, and where they're great and where their tempo is great, they have so many all-purpose plays. Like, Belichick, if we're sitting at the line of scrimmage in New England when I was at practices, yeah. and they were sitting there for the offense for 27 seconds, and Brady's like, check, 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 24, check, he's like, hurry up, up, run the play because you're just giving the defense the more of the opportunity to sit there and kind of like, oh, when they're in these formations, they only do these certain mm. things. You're letting them gather their thoughts. That was in the Warren Sharp book, too. Right. He talked about like your advantage is tempo. Yes. Because defense needs to figure out. They have to go, oh, I've been studying all week. Oh, this formation. And if you get it off, and they get, get no reads. You don't even get a chance to think about it. That's, so the that's thing where he's th- amazing. I'll so they'll that. have situations like that. One more oh, second. Please, please, please. You have situations like that where they'll call two plays. But for the most part, they're they're so brilliant. They've come up with plays where they go, Tom, look to the left. The receiver on the left's number one. The slot guy on the left's number two. And then we're going to have the receivers all on your right side. They're going to be coming into your vision across the field so you can just read across the field. Who cares what the coverage is? Just go one to two to three to four. And we like these concepts against this team Damn. this week. And somebody will be open. And that's kind I of I just remember brains. that from the Super Bowl. It is suffocating when the Patriots get tempo. Oh, I know, right? It's when you're up against it, that's when you realize that he's the maestro. Yeah, right. And it's uh, the only other time I got felt, three maestros. Yeah, the Brady, only other time McDaniels I felt that helpless was I remember there was a Thursday night game with Peyton in his prime, and the Eagles went to the RCA Dome back when that was a thing. And I've I've never seen the wheels beaten off the team like that. It was like forty something points, and it's just they're helpless and they're just running around. They're spinning, and it's it's scary. New England's like one of those teams that honestly, like when you're da- when they're down by ten, you you're almost more scared than when they're up by four. Because you're like, oh gosh, here we go. Yeah, Here comes the whole kitchen sink. All right, let's go to an Instagram comment. This one is from CodyFro24, and it's directed to Lefko. And it says, Lefko, what is your go-to biscuit, and where can I get one? Uh, I would say uh, that I have... Ooh, I actually have two. I have three. I have two in New York and one in L.A. because I'm fat, fat, fat. Uh, my my favorite spot that I go to all the time is this place called Cook Shop. I go there like— Ira. I, yeah, Ira's the manager. He's the man. Uh, I go there pretty much like every Friday morning, and they have a biscuit, and it's just crunchy and soft in the middle, and they got a little jam. It's the best. Another underrated spot, there's yeah. a cool dinner place called the Waverly Inn. Oh, yeah. I've that, been there. Yeah, a lot of fancy. Right. It's cool. It's like dimly lit and all that stuff. Yeah. Their rolls for their dinner are biscuits. And they're these super crunchy ones where you open it, you feel like you're cracking an egg. But that's how hard the outside is. And then my favorite place I went to in L.A. is this place called Poppy and Rose. And their biscuit's very similar to uh, Waverly Inn. It's like that hard, and it looks like it's almost like developed and like come off, whereas the the cook shot one's like a big hockey puck. I don't know how you do it in the morning. I I like a dinner 
biscuit. I'm not a fan of the My thing biscuit. is, is uh, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll get like a cappuccino or like a nice hot liquid because yeah. then it kind of goes with it. it, it and down then, a little better. Yeah, then you're just like, it's not even like noon and you're so fat. And <laughs> you're, you're such like, a biscuit guy. Oh, I'm, just, I'm reading a paper and I'm eating a biscuit and I'm like, <laughs> I will say this. This made me feel really good. Um, <laughs> what is, there's a famous movie called Dinner With... Um, Dinner with not schmucks. Uh, Give me who's in it. It's a it's an older movie. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, but the did Alan Alda dinner. Alan Alden. No dinner with. Oh, shit. I don't know. But Dinner with a... Schmucks is the only thing that can come to my brain. Yeah. Uh, all I remember is... Who's an actor? One dude, person? I'm not going to figure this out in this time. I'm just not going to get it. It's just not going to happen, okay? It's horrible when your brain doesn't work yeah, when you're alive. Yeah, it's not good. But uh, this actor goes to cook shop like every freaking day. And he reads like books about Abraham Lincoln. And one day he was sat down next to me. And I looked over and he had a biscuit and a coffee. And the waitress goes, he gets that every day. And I go, perfect. He does what I and do. And you don't even know? Who I forgot are it. are you? Ira's going to yell. It's not me. Ben Stiller? No. Because we saw him there when we went the one time. Yeah. Oh, we did? Yeah, right. And what did we call him? We thought he was someone else. Oh, they called him by. Uh, They're like, hey, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're bad. We are bad. We yeah, didn't smoke. I, I know, but it's I've smoked a lot this month. It's been bad. Short-term right. memory loss. Uh, this is the fake Will Haas, so it's Will. Who's the best quarterback Sims played against in college? Mm, that's a good question. Um, Cliff Kingsbury comes to my mind. Really? Oh, that man put up numbers. Seneca Wallace at Iowa State Ooh. was very good. Just trying to give the My few. dinner with Andre. My dinner with Andre. And it's actually Andre. And I don't know who that is. Um... <laughs> and the, the Andre Get Gregory, JP Losman, I played against oh, him. Tulane, yeah. Um, mm, just trying to think, I didn't forget about anybody else here. I played the oldest McCown. There was another McCown, not Joshua Luke. No, there was another one before that at Texas A and M. I played my first start ever against him in the bonfire game. But I, I think it's going to be mm, Randy McCown. No, I can't remember There's what his name one. is. His there is Randy. another one. It's Randy. It is Randy. Yeah. It's Randy. The other one, oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I did play, like, you know, Josh Heupel at Oklahoma, who was a player. Did He ever, He didn't win the highest. He didn't win the, but the other Jason, kid, Jason White, did. White did, and he was a good player, too. Um, but That's they weren't, system. They're, it yeah, it's right. It's a system. I think it's probably Seneca Wallace. I always think about it. Yeah. I'll never forget MTV did like a true life. I'm trying to get drafted, and right. they followed around Seneca Wallace, and I and that kid was his highlights are incredible. Yeah, he was incredible. He like when he had a play like us or Oklahoma, we were we overmatched them. So he had like horrible states Running in our games. The right, there was nothing to do. We had we had first round corners. Yeah, none of his receivers are going to get open against our guys. Kid so that like, went to the Bears. Um, we uh, ben Nathan Vasher. Yeah, Nathan I mean, we Vasher. had Vasher. Oh. And, Rod Babers and Quentin Jammer yeah. and Cedric Griffin and Mike. I mean, we had we Quentin had, Jammer went to Texas. Quentin Jammer went to Texas. Best corner name ever. Oh, Jam was the man. You didn't want to mess with Jam. No, that, he was serious. Yeah, serious. Jam was one of those guys that just looked at the weights and Do got stronger. Do you know stronger. whose highlights I tried to find when I was at Louisville? Because in Louisville, we would cover Indiana football, too. Mm-hmm. And the guy whose highlights I really wanted to see, who was the slot receiver for the Steelers during one of their Super Bowl runs? Um, not... 
Antoine Antoine Randall L. Yeah, for Indiana. Antoine Randall L. played quarterback for Indiana, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget when he got drafted. And Mel Kuyper's like, I've never seen quarterback highlights like this, and I can't find them anywhere. But Antoine Randall L.'s college highlights were amazing. They're a Super Just Bowl spinning. touchdown. He got the gun. Yeah. Yep. All right, this is Noah Cruz. His uh, account is CRZNO3. What defensive adjustments will be made, this is a great question, to combat RPOs? Also, can Doug Peterson's balls get any bigger this year? <laughs> nope. He's just going to be wheel-bound around. Out. Yes. It's amazing. It was supposed to be Chip Big Balls Kelly, but right. it ended up being Doug Big Doug, Balls Peterson. It's unbelievable. The fact that he let Nick Foles come up to him and say, can we run that play, yeah. Philly Philly? And Doug was like, yeah. Right. Like, Coaches don't say yeah to that, no. let alone Nick Foles. Never talk shit about Nick Foles. I'm not letting anybody talk shit about Nick Foles. No, ever. you shouldn't. I but agree. how will they combat the RPOs? What do you think? What What are you thinking? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is the teams that do it on a, a very consistent basis that you're going to see DBs play different techniques in certain down and distance situations where they know way. the RPOs, right? Like, so you're playing the Eagles and like do what the Philadelphia, what the New England Patriots did on some Jump of those all over those slants. The, exactly, play inside man, and okay, now we have eight other guys that can play the run, but we got you guys playing man inside to where they can't like okay fake the run, and our our weak side linebacker flew in there so hard mm. to stop the run. Now there's this huge hole. No. Oh, our corner's there. He's on the inside. I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see when there's um, more, again, a team that does it consistently and a team feels like, oh, we have the, we have a beat on the formations they like to do it on. That's where you're going to see, I think, guys switch assignments at times. You might see the linebacker take the defensive end's assignment. The defensive end drops back, back, gets underneath it, things like that. Late rotational safety things where they're going to teach teams like, okay, keeping your, you know, the weak side safety, we want you to come down just as you see the ball being snapped, right? Everybody, we're going to play zone, and we're just going to learn how to stay in our run gap, but also be able to pass the receivers off into our zone, too. The only thing I'm hearing as you say yeah, all this yeah. is, damn, the Eagles are in these motherfuckers' heads. Because the RPO is one of those things where you can still hand it off. Yes. So if you fake the rush and drop back, we can run on you. Yes. You just have to hold that fake to the point where you want them to pass right. it. Right. I don't think it's going to be as big a factor as everybody thinks in football this year, the RPO. Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I just don't. Because I think it's, it's too much of a fad in the football world right now. Whether it was you know the rumors I heard of New England wanted to get Greg Schiano on their staff because they were worried about the RPO. Everybody this offseason has taken three, four weeks of studying RPO. And it doesn't fucking matter because we already got our ring. Yeah. Ah. Well, yeah, you already got your ring. And it, listen, it'll still be a part of your offense, and I'm sure there'll be some wrinkles off that. But, so you think it's going to actually be stopped this year? I do. I think it's... it's the NFL moves quick. It does. It moves extremely quick. And... Man, I can't remember a play in the Super Bowl where the RPA. RPA what about worked. the Zach Ertz touchdown? Yeah, you're right. That was maybe one of the slant to the left yeah. when he dove in. Yeah, but it's one of the only few completions I can think of, though. They also scored on the Corey Clement bomb. They scored on the Alshon Jeffrey bomb. Right. But none of those were RPOs. They scored on Philly Philly. That's 28 right there. Yeah. But I'm just saying that it weren't RPO plays. I'm just saying I don't remember the RPO play mm. because I think New England had a nice little formula of like what we said. They That's played. really the thing. When there's a fad in the NFL, yeah. wait for that team to face the Patriots. <laughs> they will expose the weakness, and then it will be solved. Everybody's all over it, though. I mean, at the Super Bowl. Because I'm sure everybody wants to use it, will, too. Yeah. Well, I talked to John Harbaugh at the Super Bowl because he was doing NBC coverage with me, so we talked a lot of ball. I mean, that, that's what he literally told me. That's 
that's what their staff was doing while he was at the Super Bowl. They were breaking down the RPO I love and other, way, other so ways to stop cool. it. So th- that just tells you that. And I hope they were studying the RPO it. because Lamar Jackson would love to run it. Well, the reason that's th- going to be the next thing. The RPO with the running quarterback, that's going to be a different animal than Nick Foles running the RPO. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, like, like not even and Nick Carson Foles, but like, Wentz. Carson Wentz can do it. Yes. Trubisky's got some wheels. Right. Mahomes has some wheels. It's just one thing but it's the defense. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson that get me the most excited. Oh, sure. Because their they're Kaepernick level of they could go 70. Right. You know, I know Carson Wentz can go in seventy. No. Mahomes can't go seventy. No, Trubisky going ten or fifteen on the best, which is great. Yes, yes. Uh, but that will add another wrinkle for those guys. They might be able to live with the RPO thing longer than the others because you do have to worry about them running. Yeah, and you have to worry about an extra run game fit and things like that. So this happened to me uh, today. I woke up and I I was sitting there and I'm kind of getting ready for the day and I go, I'm a Super Bowl champion. And I don't think I talk about it enough. It's like weird. It's like this is the first offseason where I've always wondered, man, if I ever won a Super Bowl, I would talk about that shit all the time. Right. And you feel like you've been soft on it? I feel like I haven't really gone that ham. Like, I feel like I should be wearing, like, I have a friend. I'm going to admit something right now. I have a friend in California, a cool fashion sneaker guy, different one, you've never met him, um, that watches the Eagles game every night before he goes to sleep, the Super Bowl. And I'm going to admit this right now. I have not watched the game on television yet. I haven't either. I was there, and there's part of me that doesn't want to. Right. There's part of me that wants my time to be there, and that's it. And then I've thought, well, maybe I'll do like a, a Twitch or something where me and Eagles fans can rewatch it, and I'm going to experience. I'm I'm probably going to cry if I watch it. Sure. But there's also part of me that's like, I don't know if I ever want to watch it. No, watch it. You can't ever let that go, man. That's it's like it's like. Um, but I, I feel like I should be talking about it every day. Yeah, you're right. Well, you probably should have worn a few more Eagles jerseys and hats into the office. But well, you, I go around to all the Eagles fans here, and I just shake their hands every yes. day, and I go, "You're a Super Bowl champion." Yes, right. And and they glow. They're like, "Holy fuck, I am." Yeah. Because. Man, like to all the other fans out there, like to the Detroit fans and the Cincinnati fans and like all the Minnesota fans, the teams that have never won, like, holy shit. Like, I bet you they're sitting there being like, man, if we win, I'm going to be obnoxious. Yes, I know. But the man feels good. You've been classy. Ooh, I have been. Watch it back. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to want to do it with Eagles fans, though. Like, I would want to make it like an event. Yeah. Okay. You know, like rent a bar, throw it up on a big screen. I would say watch it by yourself first. I've watched one quarter. Right. And it was the when I was in the airport after the game, and I'm going back to New York, and I went to a bar, and it was on all the TVs, because of course it is, and I got a glass of rosé and an order of French fries, and I watched the third quarter. (laughs) And every time something happened, I'd like cheers, and I just lived my best life. Yeah, that was a great game. Oh, God. Great game. All right, uh, Cornelius underscore Fraley, great question. Would Nick Saban be a better coach for Cleveland than Hugh Jackson? Yes, I do think so. Yes, I think Nick Saban... uh, Even though it's pro-college? Yeah, I don't think Nick Saban would have that hard of a time adjusting. Um, I think Nick Saban really, if he got into the NFL, it'd be a very similar story to like a Pete Carroll. He'd come in, you know, after a few years, his team would be a Super Bowl contender and it would go from there. You know, again, people got to remember too, Miami, it wasn't horrible in Miami. It was solid. But yeah, it's got screwed over because of what? 
Drew Brees, Dante Culpepper. Exactly right. They didn't pass Drew Brees on the shoulder physical. They signed Dante Culpepper, who had a bum knee, and I don't know how he got passed for the physical, but he did. And that was really, because I almost got traded to the Dolphins that next year. What? Yeah, 2006, when I wasn't healthy. When you um, ended up on Tennessee. Well, 2006 is, no, yeah, so this is 2007, sorry. Okay. 2007. Um, you almost got traded to the Dolphins? The Dolphins. To and, play for Nick Saban? I think Parcells had taken over. And Parcells uh, wanted you. Yeah, and Parcells wanted me and, and things like that. And, and you know. What the I, hell happened? I had to give them the message through the back channels that I couldn't do it. Don't trade for me. I'm not worth the damn to trade for right You're now. You're so crazy. So it's I'm just like, truth. yes, I can live in Miami. I know, but that's the truth. It's like what I had to do to the Baltimore Ravens that same year when I went and worked out for them. I don't think I've ever told you this. Right, I happened? went out and worked for the Baltimore Ravens after uh, you know Tampa held on to me all of 07 and then into 08 offseason. And uh, 08, so they finally released me, and I'm going to go work out for the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco's a rookie, and they're going, we're going to have to start Joe Flacco week one. And they weren't, they were uneasy about that, which I understand. So I went there for a workout, and I wasn't normal. And after the workout got done with me and a few other quarterbacks, I told, I believe it was Eric DaCosta, if I remember right, I was like, don't, don't sign me. I had to tell him because I, I couldn't live with myself to know that, oh, you're gonna, you guys really need me and you need somebody to depend on. And I don't want to let you people down. I'm not, I wasn't trying to screw over anybody that way. Yeah. I had to do the same thing the very next day when I went to Kansas City. Kansas City offered me. So then why did you even go to these workouts? Well, because I was trying to get on some you're sort of football team. Well, some sort of football team, and it would be the right be situation, right. right? That could be patient. So but Kansas City to... was like, we need you to start in six days. And I was like, damn, I don't think I can throw the 15-yard comeback. They offered me good money, like, you know, over a million and a half dollars. And I had a basically— Who was their quarterback at the time? Uh, Brody Croyle. Whole, you definitely Herm threw, Edwards. You hurt probably was better than Brody Crowe. So it was yes, and it was just a uh, really weird situation too. So then I had to tell them, hey, which I had. This was true. I said I promised Jeff Fisher and the Tennessee Titans that I would not sign with you guys until I worked out for them tomorrow, and uh, that was the truth. So I said Kansas City, I got to go to Tennessee tomorrow. I promised them like they they've been they had called me before anybody. And yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. So I go to Tennessee. Tennessee didn't work me out. So that was their fault, first of all, because they wouldn't have liked as much what they saw, because I was only like 70 to 80% Chris Sims. But I knew in Tennessee I didn't feel as bad about screwing them over, because Vince and Kerry Collins were there. I knew I wasn't going to be needed to depend it on right away. Yeah, because you're also probably worried if you go to Kansas City or Baltimore and they put you on the field and you put out bad tape, it could fuck you over over forever. No, if I went to Kansas City and they started me those first two weeks, my career would have been over right there. And instead, you got like three or four more years. I got three more years years because I I had to just play it smart and wait till I got healthy. But yes, you're exactly right. If I went to Kansas City, it would have been ducks and interceptions and bad decisions because my physical. And they're like, oh, Gruden was right. Right. And then I would have truly, that would have been my last year in the league. Damn, that was a good one. All right, good. Speaking of which, ask Sims about how he feels his career would have gone if he didn't get injured with a spleen. (laughs) So that that was uh, perfect. Uh, I I don't know how it would have gone. My career was just starting, you know, 05. We, we, we played well. We go to the playoffs. Oh six, we get off to the bad start, and then of course I got hurt. Um, I can only speak to you know my potential. You know I, I did have talent. I had a big time arm. I was a good athlete, and I was pretty smart. So you know, do I think I could have been something? Sure, I certainly do. Uh, how good? I never know, but. Um, 
I know my physical abilities and my work ethic were up there with just about I think anybody. just the fact that you have Baltimore and Kansas City saying, can you start for us in six days, right. shows what the rest of the league thought well, about Well, yeah, you. I know. And Tennessee, also, they didn't like, think they needed to work me out because we don't need to work you out because they were so impressed with my – we had played them in preseasons and I had done well. But also think well. about this. The so. GM that was in Kansas City, I forget his name. Right. Well, that was uh, – Peterson, know. Carl Peterson. Yep, it was Carl Peterson. Who At that time – And then Baltimore, it's Ozzie Newsom. Yeah, right. I mean – Two respect the motherfuckers. Right, and Oz, Ozzy was just sitting up on the, the 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 top balcony watching the workout. Which Going to I, admit something to you. What? Uh, kind of happy it happened because you're here with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I'm fucking you. I'm kidding. Uh, if you were on an island, I don't have a name here, unfortunately. If you're on an island, your TV only played games of one team in the NFL. What team would you choose to watch? Josh Note, Lefko can't pick the Eagles. So I can only watch one. Um, you gonna pick the Niners? No, I don't think I'm gonna pick the Patriots. I think I am gonna pick the Patriots. I feel like if you're watching the Patriots, you got a pretty good clue. What's going on? You're probably watching the game of the week every week, right? And you're going, oh, we're watching the team that's certainly towards the top of the league. And the most dangerous. And if I watch Jacksonville, I'm just going to be cursing out. I want to say, you know, Green Bay and Rodgers. Like, I That's love that. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I, but I know who my team is. I think I would still go New England. Hill. I'm picking the team that I called the NFL League Pass team last year, where every game you got to watch. It's the Chargers. Phillip Rivers is going to make it fun. That defense is attacking. They take shots. Uh, they're, they always play fun Who's games. Who's going to be your League Pass team this year? I don't know yet. There's so many young quarterbacks. The Chiefs and like the Bears. Like I know and the you were Texans. talking about. Yeah, they're all. Chiefs and the Bears and the Texans are all like, could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of could fun. Could be a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, all right, let me flip this bad boy over. Um, this is from Malcolm G, uh, Reds underscore Santana. Who's the scariest defensive player Sims ever went against? And I think you're going to say Ed Reed. But, or it might be the two defensive tackles from Jacksonville. <laughs> so many. They're all scary. But I feel like Ed Reed, you tell the story of him in the back. Ed Reed lurking scared my brain more than anybody and ever. And also you have Ray Lewis there, too. Ray scared everything about me that day. Ray, I got scared of. This is the 2006 opener. We in Tampa think we're gonna we're gonna wear our all whites, so Baltimore has to wear all in the you know, hot purple. Tampa Bay. They go fuck you, Tampa, and wear all black. They're like screw you, okay. And I can say this: we're sitting in the huddle, and I'm nervous. I mean, I'm nervous before every game. I mean, early on in my career, I would throw up before games every now and then. But this mom spaghetti. Yeah, yes, exactly. So this is Baltimore Ravens 2006, and. It's they're big and bad, and Steve McNair's on their team, and they think they're going to the Super Bowl, so because they have big they expectations. Yeah, they were the number one seed. Yeah, and so, but Ray Lewis during the TV timeout is over the ball dancing like it's football time, and he's doing a little shimmy with it right over the ball, and um, I just remember thinking like, damn, this guy is like such the man that he has absolutely no fear of anybody out here on this football field. It's got to be cool to feel like that. I mean, it's got to be unbelievable. So I would say he is certainly up there. Yeah, well, who else scared you? I mean, Julius Peppers, I've oh. told you, like every time I took the snap and we played Carolina Panthers, I was going to look over my right shoulder to see what kind of jump Julius Peppers got. Because Julius Peppers, if I saw the jump and I thought, ooh, he got off really good. You're I, well left. Well, I was going to take a peek at least when I got to step four again to go, let me just see where he is. And that is What about corner-wise? Any corners that you were afraid to throw at? Yeah. I just got to think of who they are. I mean, hmm. 
Which ones did I was really scared? I mean, D'Angelo Hall had my number. He definitely <laughs> did. He did he get you a few times? Oh my gosh, three or four times. It's just like any time. I felt like any time the ball went in the air, up in the air, it somehow found his way. <sighs> no, I can't say that a lot. That I, I didn't have enough of an extensive time to say they were. I was scared of the those type Ed of guys. Reed. Yeah, Sean. What Taylor about a big defensive there? tackle? Big defensive tackles were. Uh, like Chris Jenkins on some of those Carolina Panthers football teams. Oh, man. I mean, he was a monster. He's the one that helped bust your spleen. He did. And he was one of those guys where those guys are so big. When you walk up to the line of scrimmage and you walk up and you go, okay, me and my center are walking up together and this big mother effer is sitting there waiting for us. And he lines up right over you. And I got my sweaty hand in the sweaty ass yeah, of our he's, center. He's like a foot he away from Not you. even a foot. It's inches from, his, from our center's head. Right? And you're like, so this, this stumpy motherfucker has to snap the ball and get in his way and save my life. I used to be like, I don't know how he's going to do this. Can he really snap me the ball and stop John that Wade? guy at the same time? I used to really be and like, how there's they no do way. It. They're just that quick. They are that quick. Like Patrick. They, exactly. <laughs> right. It's unreal. You talked about Sean Taylor. A lot of people send us the clip in the playoff game where uh, Sean Taylor picks up the fumble and returns it. Right. And you're like all over the place. Right. One... Definitely thought a guy was down there. Like, how could you be in the pile that long and and I'm just, still be I'm down? I'm just telling you, I know he was down. Yeah, like I, I could see it. I had the perfect view. Yeah, but it was one of those things on replay. It was such a mosh in there; they couldn't tell. Yeah, but like, dude, if it's going to take you that long, and then you and I think anytime someone gets up like this, you were down on your knee. But we got screwed over in that game by just some tough calls. A few calls. times, uh, but that. Too, yeah. I look like a big puss because people go, "Oh, you didn't recover the fumble." I kind of got stuck in between. That's just the honest. You like truth ran of it. forward. By the time you were running forward, they I were running s- back. Well, I was running forward. I could see the ball loose, and maybe if I just went like, "I'm gonna dive for it and go get it," maybe I would have. But I also saw him about to pick it up, so I was like. Oh fuck! Like, do I go for the ball, or he's gonna pick this up and run for a touchdown? And I kind of got stuck in between, and nothing. You know, I, did, I ended up doing nothing. Man, Sean Taylor rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Mean, he was amazing too. I know I'm missing somebody else that I was probably scared of, but I can't think of who it is. This is from CJ holding the L. Better in 2018, Miles Garrett or Khalil Mack? Mm. And I guess better from a football perspective, better from a statistical perspective, all of that stuff. Gosh, that's a really good one. I'm a big Miles Garrett believer. And I think if Miles Garrett stays healthy, that he will have a better year than Khalil Mack. And that's really saying a lot because you know, we both know how awesome he is. And Khalil Mack, forget the sacks. People don't realize he's truly one of the best run stopping defense ends in football. But I don't think Miles Garrett's at his level yet. Yeah. But in terms of the season, I would also say Cleveland has a much better defense than the Raiders. Exactly right. Much better defense. Other people you got to worry about on that defensive yeah, line. Who are you really worrying about? And I would the say Raiders? a more creative scheme in Greg Williams, too, that might find ways to just free him up to get a few more cheap ones in a Khalil Mack, which is going to be the Cincinnati system, which is, you know, 4 2. It's kind of a cover three press bail type of scheme. And uh, yeah, it's a little more predictable that way. Mm. Garrett's big time. <sighs> I'm excited for him. Yeah. Really am. All right, two left. Uh, Matt Estes, 14. How can people call Mike Tomlin a top five coach, but his teams never get over the hump? They did win a Super Bowl. And they went to another one. And they went to another one. So he's, he's been to two. Which one did they lose? They lost to Green Bay in the Aaron oh, Rodgers one. Aaron Rodgers, like, and they had the number one defense in the NFL. Oh, yeah, and uh, if the, really the big play of that game was, uh, who was that, Fast Willie Parker had a big fumble in that game? 
Um, I don't think it was Willie Parker. It wasn't Parker. Willie Parker. He was the first it one. It was the guy with the French name, I oh, think. Oh, it was, wasn't Rashad Mendenhall? It may have been. I think it was Rashad I'll Mendenhall. I'll look that up. But regardless, uh, hey, I understand the concerns about like Mike Tomlin and all that. It's not always been perfect. It was Mendenhall, right? That was a that was a huge moment in that game. Uh, Pittsburgh was on their way to winning that game. At least Steelers in my had all the momentum. Yes, the they terrible really did. towels were out in full force. Uh, it was the biggest mistake. Uh, I'm trying to figure out when it happened in the game. Had the ball nearly seven minutes. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know. They were overcoming a deficit. I'm trying to find it. But yeah, yeah. keep going. But right, you're but talking about Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, and Mike, you know Mike Tomlin. I do. I have great respect for Mike Tomlin, okay? So that's, I mean, the first thing is, is my answer is probably going to be a little bit biased, but I try not to be biased in my answers like this. And I understand what kind of football coach he is. It He's, was 21 17, start of the fourth quarter. And they had the, the ball. Steelers had been down 21 3. Right. They make it 21 17, second and two at the 33. So they're in field goal yes. range, and he fumbles. That's right. That's right. They They've kind of taken over the game Clay at that Matthews. point. So I know they haven't got over the hump. Okay, certainly I get that. Like to the degree, the last few years it hasn't been great. But again, let's just keep things a little bit in perspective. Can I read off his career achievements here? Yeah, please. I mean, 2007, first in the AFC North. Eight, first in the AFC North. Okay, third in the AFC North. First in the AFC North. Second in the AFC North. Third in the AFC North. Second in the AFC North. First in the AFC North. Second in the AFC North. First in the AFC North. First in the AFC North. Um, I mean, it's ten and six, twelve and four, nine and seven, twelve and four, twelve and four. Okay, two eight and eight seasons and twelve and thirteen, and then it's so a, not a losing season, not a losing season, and then eleven and five, ten and six, eleven and five, and thirteen and three. So he's never had a losing season. No. He's 116 and 16 in his career with a 665.9 winning percentage. I used to be someone that would call out Tomlin a lot. And then you just kind of realize that, like, his whole mantra is let the guys play. It is. And he gets the most energy out of them. And I think the thing about the Steelers is you always have the certain names, right? You have the Ben and you have the Antonio Brown. But the depth of some of those teams have not been good over the years no. because so much money was going to certain guys. And they've been playing in the toughest division, one of the toughest divisions in the sport. That's the most physical. Cincinnati was good over that realm. Right? Baltimore was really good over that realm. Now, granted, you, you, you all had Cleveland, but uh, I think the thing is, too, he didn't have a lot of pieces defensively for a long time. They weren't as talented on defenses. Their secondary was very underwhelming for a while. They had no corners. You know, they lose to the Broncos and the Broncos. Remember the Tim Tebow game? You know, people forget. Remember Ben Roethlisberger, how bad his ankle was at the end of that year? Mm. So that hurt their chances that year. But, I mean, okay. They they lost to Baltimore in the AFC Wild Card game in fourteen. He two, didn't have Palomalu. He had Palomalu towards the end of his career. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He well. He had Palomalu prime years too. Yeah. He had a little bit of both. But That's yes, he's also in the com- he's had a deal with the Baltimore Ravens, the New England Patriots, and really. It, I think he gets a downgrade in his name, Mike Tomlin, because everybody like looks at New England and Bill Belichick, and they just go, well, they keep winning, and they do it. What's wrong with Tomlin and Pittsburgh? Why can't they? They're like, if him or Harbaugh can't win in the AFC, everyone else is just like, ah, oh, the AFC, we give up then. Belichick wins. It's like they're the only two guys that even try to stand up to New it's England. It's like being a tennis player in the Federer And era. it's not easy, right? Or it's like, yes, being the New York Knicks and playing the Chicago Bulls and Jordan era. Same being, type being, of things. Yeah, being... 
any Eastern Conference player in the LeBron it's era. It's tough. So, uh, again, I know it's not always perfect. Situational football can use some help uh, at times, uh, but it's a lot easier But he's never done. lost that team. No, he is not. And he's one of the greatest motivators I've ever been around. In what way? What, what, give me a time in which you felt really motivated by Mike Tomlin. He is just. Is there a story that comes to well, mind or he, a moment? He has tremendous energy about him. Do you right? remember any speeches? I mean, oh, he was fourth quarter gangster coach for us. So one what does year. that mean? For Gruden, like for quarters of the season, would appoint a coach to be like, "Hey, Rod Marinelli, you're going to motivate the five team for through week- eight. You're the you're the guy that's going to go up when we have a team meeting and give a little five minute speech on what we need to do this week." And Tomlin was always the fourth quarter. Tom uh, Tomlin was fourth quarter gangster. Walk in with a boombox on his shoulder, have a T-shirt that says fourth quarter gangster, because this is when we got to be some gangsters and close out the season and go to the playoffs and do all that. And he would, you hear how he talks. He's got every great phrase in the world in his brain. He's Mm. an unbelievable communicator. Mm. His energy is what you would think it'd be every day. Never fades. Never. Like, never. And he is... Not afraid to call people out when they're bad, and he does it the right way to where he doesn't like demoralize you in front of the team. Yeah, how just, does he do it? He could just he, he's gonna probably show some good that you've done and be like, "This is the guy you are, not this guy." What is this? What are we doing? And he might show some clips from practice. Did you ever like, see him step to a Warren Sapp? No, he wouldn't or a do Ronde that. Ronde Barber? No, they he had. Like Rondé Barber and them had such great respect. They, they loved them. They would have eaten out of his hand. Like if he was like, "Here's some bird seeds," Rondé would be like, "Great, that's great." Mike so Tomlin. he was almost one of those guys that when he got into the front of the room, people got excited just no. to hear him talk. No doubt. And I'll just I'll add this two cents to it. Like I think he heard me criticize him a little during the season last year in the New England game. And so we. What were, was the reason? Well, remember at the end of the New England game, they botched it during the replay. Right. Oh, they should have had some plays they ready to go in case it wasn't. They mishandled yeah. the whole situation. Fake spike, interception, they lose the game. I th- fake spike. I feel like, so I see him at the owners' meetings, and he had some words for me to say, but he said it in the right way. This what is where I love him. Because I think he was basically letting me know, like, hey, jerk off. I heard you criticizing me during the year. But he was like, basically, hey, when you want to get for real and come and coach and get real again, and get into the tough stuff and just not talk about it, you call me. I'll get you a spot on my staff. That's what he's saying. He was basically letting me know, like, hey, I heard you talk shit about my game. Uh, it's okay, and it ain't as easy as it looks, so fuck you. And that's yeah. what I love about he, Mike He, like, Tate. doesn't do media. Like, he no. really doesn't talk to media. Like, he doesn't— Does this press conference? You know what I read about him that was really cool was, like, he's such a believer in, like, father figures and stuff. And he's just all about, like, if you need to go be with your kids or whatever, like, that's that's his thing, man. Yeah. Like, he wants everyone to be a dad. Yes. Would you go and get a job at the Pittsburgh Steelers staff? I mean, he'd be one of those coaches I'd love to go work. That staff in general, I think, is awesome because of him and Mike Munchak. And, of course, I used to really – I liked Todd Haley when he was there yeah. before. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be one of the places that if you Your go – Your coaching is done, though. I, yes, it is. But, if like, those – that would be one of my five top jobs, though. Like, oh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, I'm down. Would you coach for John Gruden? Yes. Really? Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Yes. I can't believe you're you're just a masochist. I'm his like pain. stepchild. All right, last one. This is from Mr. Tangy Zebra. Mr. Tangy. What is Sims's go-to munchies when he hits the back porch? Oh. And then it, and then he tweeted later, I don't want Lefko to feel out, so I'd like his munchies too. 
<laughs> so what would you say your top munchie is when you hit the back porch? Yeah, all right. Yours is going to be weird. Yours... It depends on the night. I like lentil soup. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I think if I'm going like I, I could, a good barbecue chip. Really? It could be like if You're I'm right. in a salty mood, like I need a little salt in my life. I will say this. If a barbecue chip is well-coated. Oh, that's oof. what I mean. I have a certain ones that I like. If you get that perfect Cool Ranch Dorito. That's another one. Ooh. Those are like so chips, like the the all natural Doritos they have now. There's some all natural barbecue chips out there. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that, could, I could go through a bag, maybe two in a night. <laughs> uh, after that, it's gonna go to probably Haagen Dazs chocolate or some type of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mm. Yeah, and like, you're just like. <laughs> Like, what are the, the smaller ones? The pints? Oh, a pint has no chance against me. That's done in minutes. I am going to carve around that and yeah, go you, to town. You don't, you don't do it lately. You go ham in yeah, that stage yeah, of I your do. life. I do. Yeah. That's why I might have had a gut in some of those social videos last week. <laughs> had too much time off. I would say my, my big one is popcorn. Like, I love popcorn. And you a salt and butter guy, too? Like, yeah. do it up? Yeah. I, you ever I, do olive oil on the popcorn? Nah. It's really good. Yeah, I like, like it. Bit much. Uh, I also like a really good piece of pizza. Mm. Like, I'm not going to be up against that. And then if You're I'm, right. I do, too. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, if you give me, like, a pad thai or a ramen, yeah, I, I enjoy a nice little ramen. Okay. Okay. I know you would never eat no, that. I mean, I, I would, but that's yeah, that's a little more. That's like that's if I went to munchie. dinner, right? It's yeah, not that's a munchie, a right? Uh, pizza though, yeah. There's like a Jersey, New York pizza. Oh. This area, there is. There's some nights where I go, honey, don't make dinner tonight. I'm gonna eat a pie. Like I'm going all. So out. when you eat pizza, you eat the whole pie. I can usually eat a whole pie, yeah. And as someone six that, to eight pieces for sure. At my problem is like I black out from piece three to piece five. Like, those are just, I didn't even realize I ate those. Oh, those are, yeah, you're right. They're nothing. What it really gets into is It's that sixth goes, one. I'm like, I'm going to savor this one. That like, sixth one, I go, oh, that's good. I can shove two more down in there. So then when you do that, Mr. Like, dietitian, nutrition, oh, all yeah, that stuff. I know. I'm not perfect. Do you just go, like, really hard the next day? Like, do you not eat breakfast? Like No, I eat, but I might, like, limit it a little. I, I try the, the next day. Any day, I just listen to my body and I try not to overeat for the most part. But yeah, I, don't I will know certainly. What those are. I, I will certainly eating. be more conscious of my workout and and maybe what I eat during the day. No, oh. yeah, like Friday night date night, I will almost starve myself all day because you know you're going to go ham. I know. So you're I am, still like an NFL player with cheat days and cheat yeah, meals. Yeah, like stuff. Friday night date night, I'm going to smoke a big fatty and we're going to get on the train or go somewhere. Go somewhere nice. And I am going to order 80 dishes. I'm going to eat so much like the waiters usually laugh at me at dinner cuz they look at me and they're like there's no way you're going to be able to do that. I'm like I trust me, I'm going to be able to do it. I worked out really hard, and I barely had breakfast or lunch today. I'm ready. And what is? And day- I usually tell them I smoked weed too. And, I'm like, I have the munchies. I'm and ready. your wife at this point is just like, that's what he does. Well, that's what he does, right? Does she eat a lot too of those dinners? She's a phenomenal eater. She is. She's not a smoker by any stretch of the imagination. No, she does not. She's just straight Sicilian. Yeah, yeah just loves food. My girlfriend has this thing where she eats and then she doesn't eat for forty minutes, but then she eats again. I heard you say that. I've at the never barbecue. seen. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Goes back for round two, dude. I've seen her pass out on the couch and wake up and just start finishing her meal. And That's I'm like, how unreal. can you do that? Right. I'm like, I eat in one sitting and then I'm done. Yes. All right. Yes. Now you're learning more about us, people of Earth. Uh, guys, thank you so much for all the great questions. Again, if we didn't get to them, I am going to answer some on Instagram stories. Uh, so I'll put up that little box that says, ask me 
anything, and you guys can send it. If they're for Sims, I'll text Sims and get the answers. Yep. Uh, going so to Jackson Hole, going to Wyoming. Going You're to... going to Wyoming. I'm going to Anguilla. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, that's so what you are going to do. We're going to get ready. There's something to do there. No. Uh, we're going to get ready, and then we're back in a brand new studio uh, the week of the 23rd. And then after that, it's all systems go. We're going to be trying to go to some training camps, getting ready for the season. It should be great. Follow us at Sims and Lufko. We appreciate you so much for Sims. Peace out, homies. Uh, Fendrick, the teacher, would say good, good evening. evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says holla, 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 holla. We will holla at you guys later. Enjoy your week. Sorry only getting one episode. Hope it was a good one. Talk to you guys soon.